you have your Bibles, turn with us this morning to Psalms chapter 27. We're going to be speaking about David a little bit this morning. And uh, we're going to be skipping around from here, there, and yonder. But uh, I really have no idea exactly how this is going to go, but the Lord does. And I'm leaving everything up to him uh, because... Uh, he, he's the one that's in control in the first place and whatever goes on is, is in his hands and we need to give him the glory for whatever does happen and whatever he wants to happen. You know, so many times we, we spend so much time trying to figure out exactly what to do next when we just need to take the time to figure out just exactly what it is that, that the Lord wants us to do. But let's open up in prayer this morning. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to be in our house, dear God. I thank you, God, for life, and I thank you for health. I thank you, dear God, for leading me on the path of righteousness, and I thank you for holding my hand and directing me and leading me, dear God, and teaching me as I go. Now, God, I pray, Lord, that you just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, that you would just anoint me, dear Lord, and just give me the words to say. Show me the way that you would have me to go, Lord. For, God, I love you, and I thank you, and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be looking at David a little bit this morning. You know, David was a shepherd boy. Uh, he was watching... Uh, keeping his father's sheep, and Samuel, Samuel, the God, the Lord went to Samuel and told Samuel, said, I want you to get you a horn of oil, and I want you to go and anoint the next king of Israel. But we're going to go over into, instead of um, Psalms, we're going to go over into Samuel. First Samuel, chapter 19. And he said, uh, the Lord told him, uh, Samuel, he said, I want you to get a, a horn of oil and I want you to go to Bethlehem and I want you to anoint uh, the one that I showed. And Saul, at this point in time, he was the king of Israel and he had gotten out of the will of the Lord and he wasn't following the Lord anymore and he was, uh, he was in a bad way. And he was doing things that he shouldn't be doing, and the Lord had just had really just gotten upset with him, and finally decided that he was going to find another king and put him in in Saul's place. So he told Samuel to go, and he would show him who it was that he wanted him to anoint. And Samuel told him, said. Lord, if Saul knows that I am going, at, going to anoint the next king of Israel, he will kill me. So the Lord told him to get you a bullock, and you take this, this bullock, and you, if anybody asks you, you're going to go sacrifice. So he did, and he went, and he found this man that had these sons. I can't remember his name right offhand right now. Um, and he, he told me, he said, is this all? The Lord? He looked at each and every one of them. He, he figured the one that was oldest and the wisest and everything would be the one that the Lord wanted. And the Lord told him, said, no, that's not the one I want. 
He asked the father, he said, if you have any more sons? He said, I guess I have one more. And he's out in the field watching the sheep. He said, call him. So he called him. And when Saul seen him, the Lord told him, he said, that's the one I want you to anoint. A ruddy-faced little man, little young man. And he said, he's the one I want you to anoint. He was just a child. And Samuel anointed him to be the next king over Israel. And, and, Sam, and David, he went through a lot of ups and downs on his life. And he got in, well, basically Saul got jealous of him. Because that everything that he'd done, the Lord blessed him. He went up against Goliath and, and he slayed Goliath. He went out to war many times and led the, led the men to war and uh, had, had victory. And everybody was uh, praising him and, and uh, looking up to him instead of the king. And, and he got jealous. And Saul, David was playing his, his lyre for him one day. And Saul was, was looking at his javelin as he was sitting on the throne. And then all of a sudden he threw it at David trying to kill him. But, Dave, but David moved before that it got to him and it, it stuck in the wall. And from then on, David had to run. Like I said, David had a lot of ups and downs in his life. And as I look back over my life as I was thinking about this, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life. So I've had times of, of great blessings and times of curse and times when I followed the Lord and times when I didn't follow the Lord. And, uh, but I look back now and I, even though that I was not in the will of the Lord at, at some points and times in my life, I could still see the hand of God upon me. I can still see him leading me in the direction that he wanted me to go. And David was the same way. You know, we've all done things in our Christian life that we're not proud of. We have, we have done mistakes, we have made mistakes we have failed, and instead of getting up and asking God to forgive us, we just stayed down there and, and wallowed around in the mud and the mire and the pits and, and liked it. At that point in time, we were liking it. We didn't have, we didn't have all the, the uh, different rules and regulations and everything that we have to go by. You know, that's the one thing I think is the biggest hindrance to any Christian Anybody even thinking about serving the Lord is all the, all the commandments that we have to follow. Do this, don't do that. But you know, the thing about it is, is we have got to do those things if we're going to make it into heaven. It doesn't matter how strict we think they are. We don't, it doesn't matter how that we think, well, that, you know, that's not that big of a thing. God says don't do it. We don't need to do it. it it's just plain and simple as that. And David, he, he ran for a long time, and he finally met up with Jonathan, uh, Saul's son, and, and he, asked, he asked Jonathan, what have I done? What have I done that your father is trying to kill me? And Jonathan said, my father wouldn't do something like that. But they got into a big discussion about it. And even after, when David, when David became king, he had a lot of ups and downs there too. And he wrote a lot of psalms and a lot of songs and everything. And the one song in, in Psalms 27, 
And I can just imagine David just sitting on his throne and thinking about all the things that has went on in his life and how that the Lord has blessed him and how that the Lord has used him and how that he has, has drifted off and fallen away and how that he came back. And he, in Psalms 27, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Through war, the war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. David is saying, what have I got to worry about? And you know, I, I, I look back and I think about things in my life and how that I have been so worried about what people think about me, been so worried about uh, watching what I do because somebody is watching me. But you know the thing about it is, if I'm following God the way that I should be, I should not have to worry about the things I do. Because if I have put my complete trust in God and not man, I'm not following God and not man, and I put my complete trust in Him, then He is in control of my life, so I do not have to worry. He will put me in check before I mess up. Yes, He knows if and when I'm going to mess up, and he, he will be there for me beforehand to let me know that I need to stop and I need to check myself. And, and it doesn't matter what comes against you. Listen, man can only destroy this body. But listen, think about it. If you're a child of God and somebody kills you, that is not the end of life. That is actually the beginning of your life. Because if you are a child of God, when you leave this world, you're going to heaven. So, you know, we have nothing to worry about. And anybody that comes against you, turn it over to God. Let him handle it. Be nice to him. And, you know, this, listen, <laughs> this is one of the hardest things you're ever going to do in your life. It's to be nice to people that just really hate you and, and try every way in the world to come out against you. It's one of the hardest things you're going to do. It's one of the hardest things you're going to do to live a Christian life and be kind to these people and love these people but that are coming against you and, and they are trying their best to do you wrong. But remember, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. I will repay. Not me, but God. He's the one that is fighting my battles. He's the one that has fight my wars. And listen, we don't, we don't have to fight against flesh and blood. That's, this is not the war that we need to be taking care of. This, this war that's, that's going on uh, all around us, we don't need to be worrying about those wars. Because the battle, the battle, has already been won. All of these little wars that crop up, they've already been won.
Christ won each and every one of those when he died upon the cross for our sins. So we need to just let God have control of everything that's going on in our lives and help us just take us by, take him by the hand, take Jesus by the hand and let him walk us through each and every one of the things that's going on in this world and not worry about it. It says, though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. I'm, I'm confident that God has my back. I'm confident that he will fight my wars for me. The one war that I have to fight against is going on inside of me every day. That one war that's going on, that war between good and evil. And, you know, I, the one that's going to win is the one that we feed. So how do you feed them? Well, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're talking about the evil part of it, all the things of the world, you just, you just partake of all the things of the world and, and feed on the world, and th you're feeding that side of you. But if you're talking about the, the good side, which is the side of God and heaven, all the things of God, prayer, Bible study, living the Ten Commandments, doing what God wants us to do. No, it's not an easy life, but God never said it would be. But there's, like he's, David said here, there's one thing I'm confident, that God will always be there for me. He will always fight my battles. All I have to do is take everything and turn it over to him. You know, I, I have gotten so much understanding of exactly how to turn everything over to God and leave it there. And asked him for help. And let me tell you something. If we can get to the point to where that we can just, just take everything and lay it down at the feet of God. And walk off and leave it and not, not think about it anymore. Because we have got other things on our mind. Like our lost brothers and sisters. Our lost neighbors. Which should be our number one thing that we are fighting against is fighting against Satan, fighting against him taking the, the lives of our loved ones, of our friends, of our neighbors. That's our number one job that we need to be doing and everything else God will take care of. But we have gotten to the point to where that we have just sat down and quit and we are waiting on the Lord to come back and get us. But in verse 4, this is what I, the one thing I like. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That's the one thing I want is more of God. I want more of God. I want more of I want more knowledge and understanding and wisdom of his word. I want more knowledge of him. I, you know, I just, I, every time I think about it, it's, Lord, I want more knowledge of your word. I want, I want to be closer to you. You know, I, I, I want to get to the point of like an old Enoch. He got so close to God that one day he took a step and stepped out of this world right into heaven. That's what, that's, one, that's what I would love to do. I was here one second and gone the next. 
That's how close I want to be to the Lord. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. He shall hide me. Hide me in his heart. Hide me in that secret place. That place that he and I has. That only he and I has. That secret, that place where we get together and we talk to each other. And, and he, I learn from him. I learn from him. That's, that's the place that I want to dwell in all the time. That secret place. Yes, we have to go through, through some troubles and we have to go through some trials. But, you know, in the end, if we'll just hang in there, in the end, it's going to be worth it all. Because we have to go through some things down here on this earth. But when we all get to heaven, it's, it's going to be worth every bit of it. And Paul, I believe it was Paul, said that, you know, he'd been shipwrecked and he'd been in prison and he'd been beaten. And uh, all these things had come against him since he had uh, started uh, carrying the word of God. But he said, I count it all as done. It, it's nothing compared to what's waiting on the other side. And when we can get to that place to where that we, we are looking to heaven instead of everything that's going on around us and worrying about everything that's going on in this world and, and who likes us and who don't like us and what they're saying about us and, and get, just get God on our mind continually and trusting him and following him and doing his will, then we're, we're in good shape then. But it's going to take some work on our part. It's going to take some work. It's going to take us uh, spending some time in prayer and time in Bible study and, and talking to people and, and letting people know exactly where we stand. And now, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. You know, that is one of the greatest keys to unlocking peace and joy and happiness. is singing praises to the Lord. I know when I get on my job and things are going wrong and everything and I've got my music on, and I'm listening to it, it seems like that when I need it, there's always a song that comes on that I need at that point in time. You know, and there's some songs that I have heard so many times that, that, that they, they really, I don't know, really, I'd really just rather not hear them anymore because I've heard them so much. But yet, when I need it and that song comes on, it lifts me up. And I'm glad that that song came on, and I'm glad to hear that song because that's what I needed. Whatever we need, God will give us at the time that we need it. If we will just have faith in him and, and trust in him and not trust in the things of this world. Everything of this world is going to pass away. All the, all the money and all the big houses and all the cars and all the jobs is all going to, be pass, it's all going to pass away one of these days. It's not, it's not going to last. Jesus 
and everything that we put in him and all of our treasures that we have stored up in heaven, all those things are going to last forever. But David was a man who, that, who had a lot of troubles. And he, he failed. He, matter of fact, he, he uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then on top of that, to hide, his, hide what he had done, he, had, he sent her husband to the front lines and had him killed. So he committed murder. But yet God still used him. No matter what we do, God has got a plan for our life. He's got something that he wants us to do, and we need to find out what that is, and we need to do it. Verse, verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Have mercy upon me. You know, that's, that's the one, I guess the one thing that we need to ask God daily for. Is have mercy upon me. Forgive me where I failed you. Forgive me of those things that I've done in ignorance and, and don't realize. Forgive me, Lord, because I have failed. Forgive me of my thoughts. Forgive me of my words. Forgive me of my actions. Forgive me, God that I may have done something that was contrary to you and somebody else seen it. Forgive me for those things. We, we think that once we come up to the altar and we ask for forgiveness, that's it. We don't have to ask for forgiveness no more. We can go live our lives as we please. And that is so far from the truth that it ain't funny. Paul said, I die daily. I, I've got to ask for repentance daily. I've got... I. When we get to the point to where we really want to want to follow God and, and live for Him and everything, we want to make really sure that our lives are in line with His. So whatever it takes, and we when we kneel down to pray and we ask God to forgive us of our sins, Lord, if I have done anything unlike you, said anything that is unlike you, God forgive me, please. I do not want anything come between me and God nothing not my family not my work not anything because in the end salvation and heaven is going to be the only thing that lasts everything else is going to be destroyed this earth Satan, sin, it's all going to be destroyed. And there will be no sin. Whether you want to call them a big sin or a little sin, there won't be even a speck of sin enter into the gates of heaven. So we need, we need to make sure that we, we have got our garments pressed and they are spotless and we, we have oil in our lamps and we have extra oil just in case we need to make sure because one of these days, either one by one, we're going to leave this world or all together, uh, all the Christians uh, all together are going to leave this world and it is coming and coming quickly. And we need to be ready. Verse 10. When my father and my mother forsake me 
then Lord, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Plain path. I don't want to be nobody. I, I don't want to be lifted up above nobody. I always prefer other people. There's, there's, there's always someone else better at teaching than I am. There's always someone else better doing what jobs that the God has given me to do. There's always somebody better than that. There's somebody that is better at doing my earthly job than I am. But that's where God has put me. Now then, I need to make the best of it and do the best that I can to, to show, how, to bring praise upon the Lord, not on me. Because I am, I am only a servant. And I want to be taught in his ways, not my ways. My ways will get me in trouble, but his ways will lead me in the path of righteousness. In that plain path. No. No, no glory to me. It's all to God. Deliver me not over into the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are rising up against me. And such as breathe out cruelty every day. We, we may not know about them, but there are people out there that are, they are trying everything that they can do to bring us down. They are, they are coming against us, but then there again, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Not me, but God. So I turn everything over to God. And you know, it, it, I know in myself, it is sometimes we let self get in the way. And when we do, we pay for it. It's going to cost us. We're going to get chastised for it. I do. Trust me. And, but when we turn everything over to the Lord and let him have his way and we do his will, no matter how strange it seems or how off the wall it seems, when we do those things, God will bless us. Um, we've been On my podcast, I've been studying in um, Deuteronomy. And when the children of Israel went over into the promised land, the Lord told them he wanted half of them to stand on one mountain and half of them to stand on the other mountain. One half of them was going to tell about all the curses that could come against them if they didn't follow the Lord. And the other half was going to tell about all the blessings that come, would come to them when they did follow the Lord. So it, 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 you're either going to have a cursing or, or a blessing. And it's still the, still the same, same thing today. If we will follow the Lord and do his will, he will bless us. If we don't, we're going to get the cursing. We're going to get the chastisement. We're going to get, we're going to get the spanking. And let me tell you something. I've had a lot of whoopings from my mom and dad, but they, they ain't none of them compares to what God can give you. Because it is, it is not fun. In verse 14. The main thing of all of this is wait upon the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be of, and you know that, be of good courage. 
That is the one thing that is mentioned so many times in, in the children of Israel going through the, through the desert or the wilderness and going into right before they go into the uh, promised land. God and Joshua and Moses all time telling the children of Israel, be not afraid, be of good courage. And, you know, the courage is not the earthly courage. The courage is the fact that we know exactly who we are and we know that there's nothing in this world and, or in, uh, that can come against us and we are on the road that we need to be on and we are doing what we want to be. So we need to be, have courage because we are somebody. We are somebody. Be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes we just have to, to stand. And, um, Hebrews. Let me find my notes here. You know, Brother Ted, uh, in that scripture there, wait upon the Lord, David was actually tested at that because he was anointed at 16 to become king. Right. And he didn't take position until he was 30. Yeah. <laughs> so he had to learn how to wait. We, I know sometimes we go through things and we know we pray about situations and we wonder why is it not happening now? If it's a serious situation, we need God to move upon now. And sometimes we just have to wait. I know from experience, you know, I've questioned God. I don't understand it. I've been said, told this, and prophesied this, and pray about this. Why don't you move? Do you not hear me? You question things, but sometimes we just have to wait. Right. Just like David was tested here as he wrote, just to wait. We're tested upon waiting sometimes. Yeah, really. And you know, that that is one of the hardest things that, that we can do as children of God is to wait upon the Lord. You know, uh, just to that point to where that we just have to stand still and and do and just wait. And just see what the God has got in store for us. And you know that and when we talk about the children of Israel, right before they crossed the Red Sea, uh, Moses told them, he said, stand still. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. That don't mean for you to stop. That means for you to continue on doing what you need to do but your soul, needs, your mind, and your heart needs to get to the place to where that they are waiting upon the Lord to speak to them to show you exactly what you need to do. So many of us think that that stand still means that we need to do nothing. But it really meant when he told them that, he meant for them to stand still in their spirit but keep moving forward physically. And that's what we need to do. And uh, Philippians, no, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. It's talking about the armor of God. And it says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand. Be still. Wait upon the Lord. Don't get ahead of him. Wait upon him. When he stops, you stop. 
Because, you know, the children of Israel, when they come out of Egypt, right there to Mount Herod, they, they stayed there for a while. They moved again and they stayed there for a while. See, we, we have places in our life to where that we need to stand still. We need to get taught. We need to learn something before that we proceed on to the next phase of the journey. You know, we, we are on a journey. We are on a path and we are following Christ. And as we follow him, there are times in our, our Christian walk with him that we need to stop that we need to learn some things, that we need to go through some things so that we may proceed on because the, the part of the journey that we are about to go into may have some pitfalls and may have some things that we have to go through that we haven't gone through before. So we need, we need, to, we need to learn some things. We need to build our faith up. We need to build our trust up. So God has to teach us things. And then after that, we can proceed on. David, as he was talking about, he was 16 when he was anointed, 30 when he was taken king. He, had, he maybe the, that, that journey that God sent him on when he anointed at 16 is that journey till he was 30 was that part of the time that he was understanding and learning about exactly how it was that God wanted to use him. You know, I, I know I have, I have learned a lot in the past few years to the point, what, two or three years ago that I said, Lord, I started saying, Lord, teach me, teach me. And I have learned a lot and I'm still learning a lot and I'm still asking God to teach me. And he, he will teach you and he will take his time and he will, he will teach you exactly what you need to know. Monday or Tuesday the last week, or was it this week? This week, I was having a bad day at work. You know, Monday and Tuesday both, I had a bad day. But one day, just it's, everything just sort of snowballed. And and, and I, I was standing there, and I, I was thinking about the Lord and everything. And I just stopped, and I thought, here I am teaching all this and everything, and I'm, and I'm, I'm missing it myself. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, take my hand. Take my hand. Lead me. Lead me. Show me where you want me to be and how I need to get there. And everything started looking up from that point on. Sometimes we just have to stop and say, Lord, take my hand. Lead me. Show me how you want me to go. When you can do, when you've done all you can do, stand, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. You know, sometimes I remember my dad. He had several places. Wherever he moved at, he had a place to where that he could go and be alone with the Lord, and he'd go there often. And he said, sometimes I'd go out there and I'd talk to the Lord. And the Lord talked to me. He said, sometimes I'd go out there and all I'd do was cry and praise the Lord. And he said, a lot of times all, all, all I'd done when I went out there is just sit there. And I listened to what the Lord had to say to me. This hurried up world that we're in. Sometimes we need to just take the time just to sit down. 
Not say a word. Say, God, here I am. And then be quiet and listen. Be quiet and listen. Stand still. Stand still. Let the, know, let the Lord know that you are willing to hear what it is that he has to say. And you are ready. And just say nothing. Just keep him upon your mind. Keep him upon your heart. And he will talk to you. He will tell you what it is that you need to know. He has never failed. Not one of his people. All the way through the Bible. Even though they failed him. He has never failed them. And he never will. He's the same back in, in Genesis. As he, as he is in the day to day. The world has changed. People has changed. But God is the same. It's the reason why he says seek out the old paths and walk therein. Those, those paths were, it, it meant something to be a child of God. That, that, those paths were, it meant that we had some power and we had, we had happiness and we had joy and we had contentment and we, we had all these blessings of God because we were following him and putting all of our trust in him. Now then we're putting our nowadays we're putting our trust in man more than we are God. Why? Because it's easier. If man fails us, we, we confess it to them and and take them to court and do all these different things. And if we fail man, then it's it's man's fault. And, you know, it's never our fault. Even, even us as children of God, when we fail and we come up short, it's not our fault. It's God's fault. Why, why did you leave me? He didn't leave you. He promises us in his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We walked away from him because we, we were going after something that we lusted after. You know, put it, put it, you can blame whoever you want to, but it's your fault and it's our fault, my fault in the end that I'm in the situation I am in with the Lord because I have failed. He has not. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. Know that there's nothing going to happen today that you and God together cannot handle. Nothing. No matter what man says about you, no matter what man does to you, there's nothing. If you will turn it over to God and give him everything, there's nothing that you and God can't handle. But when we start worrying about what people think about us and what they're doing to us and we, we worry about the shape the world's in and the shape that our finances are in, the shape that our family's in, uh, everything, when we start thinking and worrying about everything in this world, we start drifting away from God. Put all that stuff in God's hands and do His will. And he'll take care of the he'll take care of the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat that stuff that uh, 
we think is so big because in the end when it's all said and done and we look back and the Lord has taken care of it, it was nothing, nothing in the beginning. Does anybody have any questions or comments this morning? Thank you all for listening.